right, let's see. There's an old song, I think. I think one of the key lines of the song is, Summertime and the living is easy. I'll have to do some digging on that. I That is an old tune, but anyway. Hi, how are you? Yes, it's summertime, and welcome to a special edition of the Yearbooking Report podcast. My name is Scott Giese. I just finished 21 years as a representative for Jostin's Yearbooks. And God forbid I'm counting, I'm up nearly year 40 of my life in journalism. Radio, television, print, web, uh, commercial production, actually. I did that for a brief time, and that was actually a lot of fun, making TV commercials. So I've been kind of around the block a number of times, and I've uh, been doing yearbooking work for the last two decades. And we've uh, started this podcast as a way to share information and ideas and strategies and advice and so on. And I have to admit, when I was you know, doing this, I wasn't planning a summer edition. But, of course, you know, this year is a year like no other. Like no other. And what's the old line about the gift that keeps on giving? Well, I don't know if I'd call this a gift, but certainly this situation we find ourselves in now with multiple layers is going to keep on giving for months, maybe years. We really don't know. So we decided to do a summer edition of this one for anybody who may be out there listening. We're going to share some ideas, some thoughts, some advice uh, from yours truly, observations that I have made this year, and looking ahead to next year to see what life might be like. Because frankly, as we record this here in mid-June, we have no idea. We really don't know. And it doesn't matter where you're from. In my case, I'm from Pennsylvania. Uh, a lot of uncertainty going into the fall. The State Department of Education Secretary here in Pennsylvania has made pronouncements that, yes, kids will be going back to school in the fall. Okay, that's very nice, but how? Yeah, some of the details, at least as we're recording this, some of the details haven't really been fleshed out yet. Now, in my case, I live in central Pennsylvania, essentially right in the middle of the state. And Penn State University is not far away. Penn State, of course, very large institution, around, roughly speaking, like 40,000 students, I think, underclassmen, graduate students, and so on. And then you toss in, you know, adults and teachers and aides and instructors and all those other people. That's a lot of people. They have pronounced that, yes, students will be coming back to campus for the fall semester you know, later on in August, and they made some pronouncements, but the idea is, really? What we do know about this insane virus is we're not going to have a vaccine by that point. We're not going to have any, uh, if you will, definite protections by that point. And as this year has unfolded, I don't know about you, at first I was an optimist. I thought, yes, we're going to get over this. We're going to find some drugs that work. You know, for people that get sick, we're going to help them out. And uh, we're going to come up with a vaccine really fast. And, of course, as time has gone by, I've thought, no. And I'll be honest, this is just me now. I've turned into much more of a pessimist. Now, pessimist meaning, when can we get back to what we (laughs) used to call normal? 
when can we get back there? Now, normal would be a whole lot of people getting together in a building or a whole lot of people getting together in one place or a whole lot of people getting together, say, in a stadium, like for a high school football game or a college football game or any game, and especially maybe indoor events, you know, in the side of a building where maybe the airflow isn't the greatest, not like outside, of course. When are we going to get back to that? That's what we could, I guess, call normal. And I've turned into a bit of a pessimist. I don't think that's going to happen until sometime in 2021. It's definitely not going to happen this fall unless some miracle occurs, which we're not expecting. So how does that affect things as far as school is concerned? And then a little later on, as far as yearbooking is concerned. This is the Yearbooking Report podcast, after all. So I know a lot of people have given this thought. You probably have, administrators have, teachers have, probably even a lot of students have. And again, as we're recording this year in mid-June, school is essentially, say, two months off. And a lot of folks are hopefully thinking about this because as time happens, it, those two months are going to go fast and we're going to blink our eyes and it's going to be early to mid-August and we're going to be looking at the new school year. What are we going to do? What's this new year going to be like? Now, I'm not going to try to pick the brains of administrators and important people, you know, the folks that are tasked with, you know, doing a lot of the planning for the upcoming year. We all know the basics, right? We're all going to have to wear masks. We're all going to have to do the six-foot thing. And I've been waiting for the six-foot thing to become more like the nine-foot thing. Because if you're like me, you've read some of these stories from so-called experts from wherever they are that, you know, allegedly, <coughs> you know, that sort of thing can go, what is it, 20 feet or more. <coughs> 20 feet. And of course, now, if you're around anybody anywhere and somebody <coughs> starts this, you're all looking around your shoulders like, whoa, hold on. Aren't you? Aren't you? I am too. So mask wearing is nice. Okay, that's fine. Is that really going to guard me from... <coughs> maybe, maybe not. So as we look ahead to the new school year, I see a lot of people, especially adults, maybe not so much the kids, but especially adults saying, do I really want to go back in that building? Waiting for... <coughs> to show up. Well, that's a good question, isn't it? And some students, or definitely their parents, are probably thinking the same thing. Do I want to put my kid in some situation in a classroom where all it takes is one, <coughs> and you're wondering, uh-oh, and we're all looking over our shoulders like, oh, no. Are we actually going to, now this is interesting. Have you thought about this? Are we actually going to measure the temperature of every single person who comes into school every single day? Now, in my case, again, as I'm recording this in mid-June, I was at a, a place uh, just the other day. It was a school. It was a school office. And the young lady, secretary, very nice young lady, she pulls out what I call the gun, that one of these new temperature things where they kind of point it at your forehead and somehow it measures your temperature. And I just kind of stood there with a bit of a, uh, maybe a smirk on my face, like, mm, okay. And she, you know, only take, if you've never done this, it only takes a couple of seconds. 
and there's a readout on the gun and my readout was normal and i'm like i could have told you that you know anyway but apparently we're gonna have to like do this i think to every single person that comes into every single school every single day everywhere and apparently if a number is above a certain level what you send the kid home hey hold the bus we gotta send joey here home I'm trying to be funny here, but you get the idea. This fall could be nuts. You know, we've taken the time to take a look back at essentially rounding off the last three months of the last school year, March to June, when all the lockdowns happened and all that stuff. You remember that. Of course we do. Kids were sent home. Teachers were sent home. Online learning on the fly which some folks I think did really well, and a lot of folks, though, frankly, didn't do very well. And all the craziness and the sports schedules all canceled and no prom and drive-through or online graduation and all this stuff. And I referred to these kids, and I felt badly for them. I referred to them as the cheated class of 2020 because they were cheated, obviously, no prom, or probably no prom. No regular graduation-type ceremony at most places. Or at least if they had sort of a regular ceremony, everybody was six feet apart, and only certain people were allowed in the stands, and all that sort of thing. Six feet apart, all that stuff. And I refer to them as the cheated class of 2020. But I tell you what, at least the cheated class of 2020 had roughly, what, six or seven normal months of school before the craziness started. What about the class of 2021? I will theorize at this point, this may go on all school year. This entire upcoming 21 school year. It may go the whole year. We're looking back at the cheated class of 2020. Forget them for now. What about the class of 2021? You want to talk about cheated? There's a possibility their entire senior year may get cheated out of them. And so while we felt badly for 2020, I think we need to look ahead to 2021 and think, oh my goodness. What we learned from the spring we learned the hard way that what I call events and groups, all right? Groups would be groups, sports teams, clubs, classes, you know, like chemistry class, that's sort of a group. And events, of course, would be sports games, prom, you know, field trips, senior trip, if you do that sort of thing, and so on. We found out the hard way that events and groups can be canceled, now, that was just for that brief, if you will, three-month period. What are we going to do if that's that way for an entire school year? Give that some thought if you haven't already. Now, we're not trying to scare you here, but at least here in advance, we're trying to say, hey, this is something we really need to think about. We really need to consider this. And then we'll take this a step farther because this is the Yearbooking Report podcast. What does this mean for our yearbook? All right, we just had three months of disruption. What happens if we actually have nine months of disruption? From our yearbooking standpoint, uh, what do you do? What do you do? Now, here's what you don't do. You don't throw in the towel and say, oh, no yearbook this year. No, 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 absolutely not. This is still a school year. 
definitely the most historic and unprecedented school year ever, if we're talking about an entire year. No, we're definitely doing a yearbook, but the question is, how are we going to do it this upcoming year? And this affects everybody from elementary all the way up to college. We're talking the gamut, everybody. Here's something to think about before we take a break. Portrait photos. Yeah, everybody gets those in their yearbook, right? You know, elementary to high school, maybe not so much in some college efforts, but elementary to high school, everybody's headshot because that's really important. We want that in the yearbook and that's not going to change. But think about this. If we have only online school in some cases, or if we have what some folks either call staggered or hybrid models, where a student only comes to school like a couple days a week, and then the other days of the week they do work from home, and when they're home, then other kids go to school. So in other words, people are in school every day, but not nearly the entire complement. Okay. Imagine that you're a portrait photographer. How are you supposed to take everybody's picture on a schedule like that? And then, of course, all the schools you work with. For my portrait photographer friends, this could be a disaster. I mean, this could be like, oh, are you kidding? So instead of going to school for a day, you have to go to a school multiple days. Imagine what that's going to do to their schedules. Oh, boy. So we have a lot to think about here. And after we come back from this break, we're going to talk about more of the yearbooking aspect. This is not a disaster. In fact, I think it's a chance to do some really groundbreaking work. And we'll describe that here in just a bit. All right, we'll get back to more of the podcast and some interesting thoughts and insights and ideas coming up here in just a bit. All right, shameless plug time. I'm just saying it right out loud, okay? Shameless plug time. Um, first, all, I want to give a salute to our tech group at Jostens. They are unbelievable. They are incredibly bright, uh, and it is quite a team. And we're talking not one or two or three people. We're talking about a team of folks led by my friends John Dalkey and Melissa Rick, who have just done amazing things over the last couple of years. Like our new Layout Pro page creation tool, which is now up and running for all Jostin schools out there. Layout Pro is unbelievable. It is fabulous, and it's going to get even better because you can use this, I won't say on any device, because frankly, I would never do this on a phone. All right, the screen is too small, just nuts. Maybe on an iPad, definitely on a Chromebook, and certainly any computer out there. And you don't have to deal with those annoying flash messages that a lot of folks have had to play with for months and months and months now. Ah, forget that. Layout Pro is the real deal. It is amazingly flexible. Our folks have been working over two years on this project. And as far as I'm concerned, they have outdone themselves. They had a pilot year this last year to kind of work out the bugs and work out the kinks and so on. And they've done that. And it is amazing. So if you're a Jostin school and you're doing online production, here comes Layout Pro. All right, contact your Jostin's representative. They'll do the training with you, point you in the right direction, make sure that you're good to go, no matter how the school year unfolds. Doesn't matter. And if you're a non-Jostin school and you're thinking, hey, that sounds kind of interesting. I think I'd like to at least get a little more information on that. No problem. Again, contact your Jostin's representative. They'll be happy to send it to you. Yeah, maybe get together, Zoom or something online, and they'll show you some stuff. 
And you might say, hey, that looks really, really good. Maybe we'd like to use that. Yes, maybe you would. Really good stuff. We want to make the best yearbooks out there, period. And it's great new tools like Layout Pro. And the one we're going to talk about a little later on in our next break that say, this is all about great storytelling. This is the best way to tell them. All right. So again, anytime you need some more information, all you got to do, contact your Jossens representative. They will be happy to help you. All right, welcome back. As we look ahead to this historic, even more historic, school year 2021. And again, this is the Yearbooking Report podcast. So as far as yearbooking is concerned, what are we going to do here? Again, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I've turned into a bit of a pessimist on this one. I just think that this, this upcoming school year, it could literally last the entire year. Um, if you listen to some of these so-called experts, you see them on television all the time. There's newspaper, whatever stories going in all different directions about, you know, what's the future going to be. Yes, there are, what is it, a hundred different vaccines being worked on around the world right now. One hundred, all dealing with this virus. Now, I don't know if we need a hundred. That seems a little nuts. Some of them, I guess, will sort of rise to the top. But When? All right, when? We have no idea. It probably won't be this calendar year because even when they find one that, okay, this one seems to work, then the next step is, okay, now we have to produce it. Well, there are 330 million Americans out there, and that's just America. What about the rest of the world? There are 7.5 billion people on this planet. How, ooh, how are you going to produce vaccines for all those people? And so some folks, even when they start producing a vaccine, whenever that is, some folks are going to have to wait. They're going to have to sit and wait. Uh, figure healthcare workers should get it first. They should get it first. That's obvious. Uh, elderly, people with some type of a health problem, existing problem, yeah, they should probably be next. All right, they need the protection and so on. Folks that are so-called healthy, folks that are younger, are probably going to have to wait till the end. Now think about this. School kids, you know, like elementary to say college, they're younger. And most of them, we assume, are very healthy. So our kids are probably going to have to wait till the end of the line to get this vaccine, whenever it is. If it actually is in 2020, it's probably going to be 2021. So how does this affect our school? And now, especially for this, how does this affect our yearbooking well, there are two types of yearbooks, if you will, what I call spring books and fall books. If you didn't know this before, spring books are the ones that come out before school's out, or they're supposed to. This year's a little nuts. They come out, you know, roughly May and June. If you didn't know this, I think these numbers are still accurate. Roughly about 75% of all yearbooks out there are spring books. They come out in May and June. You know, roughly, you know, end of the school year sort of thing. Only about 25% or so, I'm rounding off a little bit, are what I call fall yearbooks. They come out in August and September. Now, those are books where, you know, if you're a high school, graduation is built in there. Prom coverage, whatever, in there. Spring sports, in there. End of year activities, in there. All right? If you're a spring book and you want to cover those things, you normally have to do what I call a supplement, which is a simple thing. It's not hard to put together. 
Um, you just kind of end your book and finish it and then start your supplement for things that happen primarily April, May into June. Okay. But about 75% of spring books are out there. Now, if you think about it, this craziness that just ended, you know, all the lockdowns and the insanity, if you will, began in mid-March. Now, for most spring yearbooks out there, their deadline when they have to be finished in order to get things on time. Their deadline, final deadline, is around late March, mid-March, late March, maybe start of April, depending on your timing. So for those folks, their book was primarily finished by the time the insanity started. All you had to do was kind of wrap it up. Now, for a fall book, they had more to do because obviously they had more time and so on. But at least for the most part, if you were a spring or a fall book this past year, at least you had you know, roughly six or seven so-called normal months. What's going to happen in this upcoming year if the whole year is like that? All you know, nine months. What are we going to do from a yearbooking perspective? And it's something we really need to think about. When the insanity hit, starting in March into April, there were some yearbook advisors, I think they essentially threw up their hands because all sorts of things got canceled. Okay, And yes, we found out the hard way this year that what I call groups and events can get canceled. Groups is groups, sports teams, clubs, uh, other types of groupings in your school. Events, obvious. Graduation. Now, that didn't get canceled, but it really got disrupted. Prom. A lot of proms just got canceled. <laughs> Done. Senior trip, field trips, special events that happen in the spring and so on. <laughs> Gone. Canceled. Now, I know some folks are hanging on to ideas of summer proms. I mean, I hope they can pull it off. Although, frankly, <laughs> imagine this in your head. The six-foot thing. Can you imagine going to a prom and doing a slow dance when the boy and the girl are six feet apart? I don't think that works. You could hold your hand. I'm doing it here in front of the microphone. You can hold your arms out. <laughs> Touch fingers, maybe, or something. I don't know. That's crazy. But we learned the hard way that groups and events can get canceled. But yet, think about this. That's what most yearbooks are. Most yearbooks are totally built on groups and events. And now we found out, uh-oh, some of those could go, whoosh. doesn't happen. And in some cases, some advisors out there did some cutting and slashing this spring. Oh, that's gone. Well, that's not didn't happen. Well, that's not going to happen. Cut, cut, cut. Now, more hardworking, if you will, or more inventive advisors decided, no, we got to find different ways to tell fresh stories on those pages because this is an historic spring. This has never happened before. And I salute those folks that took the time to do some surveying and polling and reaching out to students at home and getting quotes and pictures. I, uh, over the last number of months, I've seen some very inventive page spreads and some great storytelling from those particular folks in schools. They, they did a really nice job. But again, now what happens if the entire new school year is like that? Now, I just mentioned the magic word. We need to, this is my opinion, we need to get away from just talking about groups and events all the time. Groups, it's the same thing every year. Same groups, same events. Same groups, same events. And pivot toward telling stories. Because people 
will never be canceled. Never. I don't care where they are. If they're in a school building, if they're at home, wherever they are, they will always have stories to tell. And so this coming year, I'm urging the folks that I work with, I'm urging them strongly, it's time to make this pivot toward the usual stuff we just do every year almost automatically and switch over to telling stories about people. Now let's throw out some examples of what I'm talking about here. Let's say that sadly I'm right and this disruption happens or continues to happen you know, all through the fall, into the winter, however long it goes. I hope we have football seasons. I mean, I like football. At my, where I live, in my particular town, I'm the public address announcer. No, no, it's not making money. The money is a pittance. But it's just fun. You know, I like football. I know some of the boys. I like to see them out there playing and hopefully winning and all that sort of thing. So hopefully we're going to have football, although it's going to be different. It's going to be different. Fans in the stands wearing masks. Fans in the stands that have to sit six feet apart. I can see people this summer going through the stands, you know, like custodians and whatever, putting stickers where you're allowed to sit or something like that. Isn't that crazy? Duh, maybe not as crazy as you might think. Doink, doink, doink. All right. So hopefully we're going to have sports seasons. Again, I'm a little more concerned, I think, about indoor activities like volleyball where the airflow is not as good as, say, like when you're outside, if there's a, you know, it's a breezy day or something. All right, well, that's a good thing. There's no breeziness on the inside, so I'm not sure what's going to do there. We'll see what happens. But there are stories to tell no matter what the group. The football players have stories. The quarterback has a story. The star linebacker has a story. The coach has a story. Other guys on the team, the kicker or whatever, They all have stories to tell, either about their season or about themselves or about their future aspirations, maybe in football, or something crazy that happened during preseason camp. You know, preseason camps, I guess, are going to have to change up somehow. I don't know. Who knows how? All that sort of stuff. There are stories everywhere. So even if a season gets canceled, like we just saw this spring, baseball, softball, track, lacrosse, whatever other sport, tennis, golf, whatever other sports there are, they got canceled. Those players are still there and they're on the team and they all have stories to tell. Why don't you tell them in your yearbook with our yearbook ink? I think that needs to be a goal for the upcoming year. Are we going to have homecoming week in a lot of places this fall? Who knows? Maybe not. Maybe they'll just do away with it this year. I don't know. I hope not. Homecoming is an honored high school tradition. Uh, But clearly, I think they're going to have to do some things differently. Now, if you have a homecoming spread in your high school yearbook, are you going to do things differently? Well, you may not have a choice. So the thought now is start planning. How can we do this differently? Not the same old, the girls march out on the field with their escorts. We take their picture. The announcer announces the name of the winner. She's excited. Woohoo! All right. Needs to be a little different. Needs to be a little different. Tell the stories of our school year because we know there's going to be a school year. We know people are going to be involved and they all have stories. Now, does this mean a little extra work? Yeah, it does. No doubt. You're going to have to go get 
those stories. I think in a lot of cases, again, when we're all we're doing is covering groups and events, they just sort of happen right in front of us. Blop! And we're there with a camera and we shoot some pictures and maybe we go talk to somebody and so on and it's on the pages and you're done. Something like that. Very simple. With this idea of telling stories, you're going to have to do some legwork in advance, preferably in advance. You could do it afterward. About getting the stories about football, about volleyball, about homecoming. Think about our classes this year. All right, if we're going to do this so-called staggered or hybrid model, teachers are going to probably have to do some things differently somehow. There are stories involved there. This whole idea of only half the school showing up every other day or something like that, hybrid, there are stories involved there. What did we have to do to get the school ready to go for this historic year? You know, all the things the custodians have to do and maybe groundskeepers and administrators and all those folks, secretaries and such. There are stories there. And I think one thing that a lot of folks just miss, kids absolutely miss it. I think a lot of adults miss it too. When we make a yearbook, we make it for life. We're not making it just for this year. We make it to remember this year. Now, for adults listening here, you probably have old yearbooks on your bookshelf at home or up in a closet or up in a box in the attic or wherever you keep that stuff. And of course, we keep that stuff to help us remember that school year. For any uh, young people listening, yes, it's absolutely true, and it won't take very long. At some point, you will start forgetting stuff. You will start forgetting all kinds of stuff about your school. You'll forget people's names. You'll forget you know, what happened in uh, math class. You'll forget all that stuff after a period of time. It's not a disease. It's not Alzheimer's or amnesia. It's just age and separation. You know, you're going to go to college, you're going to go to the military, you're going to go to the moon, wherever you're going to go. At some point, you just forget those things in the past. We make a yearbook to remember those things of the past. And now we're looking at a school year, I think an entire year now, unlike any other we've ever experienced. Hopefully, it's only one year. Hopefully. One year. And then eventually these vaccines show up and they have medicines and we can start to get together as groups again and go back to what we used to call normal. How are we going to remember this historic school year and all the different little stories that we can find that years, decades from now, people are going to read and think, yeah, I remember that kid or I remember that teacher and I remember that story. Man, what a year. Whoosh. What a year that was. Unbelievable year. How do we remember that? Yearbook. Yearbooking. But you have to go find and tell the stories and put them in your book. They're not just going to fall in your lap this year. Uh, No. Not if my pessimistic side is correct. You're going to have to go out and find those stories. Now, it's not as hard as you think. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Let's add on one more thing before we go to a break. And that is, how do we tell our stories? Now, most yearbook staffs think, of course, book, book, book. It's all about the book. Well, come on. It's uh, 2020, 2021 here, all right? We all have smartphones pretty much in our pockets. And we check them all the time, don't we? Yes, we do. We have this thing called social media, which a lot of people use 
Why not use that as part of your yearbooking and your storytelling? This has always been my simple example. Go out and get as many stories as you can get. I mean tons. Now, a book, all right, math term here, a book is finite. It's only so big. You have so many pages. The pages are only so big. You can only, if you will, cram a certain amount of stuff into a book. Unless you want to get a big, thick book, which nobody can afford. Don't do that. But there are other stories to tell. How do we do that? Well, one very simple way is to utilize social media. And so I urge your book staffs out there because most do nothing with social media. Start a social media outlet if you haven't already. Hopefully these last three months of insanity caused your staff to start something. A Facebook page, a Twitter feed, an Instagram account, uh, a Snapchat account. Uh, God forbid a TikTok maybe or, or, or some of these newer, more emerging uh, social media outlets out there. There's all kinds. We need to do our storytelling all year long now because that's what our audience wants. In the old days, we were perfectly happy waiting months and months and months for the yearbook to show up. Well, it doesn't work that way anymore. People want to be entertained and informed now, like now, like today, now, this week. And so part of your yearbooking really needs to have some social media component so that you can constantly reach out to your audience to say, hey, look what we found out. Hey, check this out. Hey, look what this person is doing. Hey, do you have something you'd like to offer? We'd love to hear from you. And along the lines, hey, don't forget to get our yearbook this year because it's going to include a lot of this stuff. Make sure you don't miss out and get a copy. All right, one feeds the other. So for the advisors listening out there, if social media still kind of spooks you, like, oh, I don't know if I can handle this, trust me, you have at least one responsible yearbook staffer a student who is just probably almost an expert on social media. Apply them, put them to work, let them do the running, preferably more than one person. You know, maybe have your own separate social media group uh, or staff. And pretty much their job all the time is to get stories, post them on social media. Maybe every day, definitely every week, maybe twice a week, maybe more often than that. Have some fun. Do polls and surveys. Maybe do an occasional contest. God forbid if we're all stuck at home again at some point, we really need that reach out. Not only to keep our yearbooking relevant, but also there's some folks out there, uh, I still wonder about mental health statistics and this insanity we've been dealing with. How are people really dealing with this? Hmm? There we go. Social media. Find a way to make it work. Now, we're going to give you some examples, some ideas, and a very special event that anybody can take part in. We'll have that coming up after the break. All right, we'll get back to our final segment of the podcast here in just a little bit. Yes, once again, shameless plug alert. Shameless plug alert. We at Jostens love to tell stories, and that's been a big theme, of course, here in this presentation, as you've noticed, and we'll keep going here in just a little bit. But we have an amazing new tool coming up this fall when they officially activate it, which we call Yearbook Plus. And the idea is this amazing tool will be an addition to your yearbook. Now, this is a digital tool. It is not an app. 
We've sort of learned, I'll say the hard way, over the last several years that apps sometimes aren't the greatest way to go. All right, we all have smartphones, right? We all have apps on our phones. And periodically you get those little messages, time to update. You know, you got to update your apps and all that sort of thing. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Now, take a look at that from the other end. You're the app developer. You're constantly looking for bugs. Yeah, we're squashing bugs. Ugh, yuck. All right, you're looking for bugs. You're looking for improvements. You're looking for this over and over and over again. And in some cases, if you've ever noticed when, if you're either Apple or Android, when the new operating system comes out, usually once a year, you might have those apps like, oh, this app isn't going to work anymore because the developer didn't do any kind of updating with it. So apps sometimes not the best way to go. Yearbook Plus is not an app, which means, this is good, you can utilize this thing on any device at any time, now and in the future. The basic idea with Yearbook Plus is this. How can every person in school, every student, frankly, every teacher, every person, how can every person in school tell their own story? Because again, everybody out there has stories to tell. They really do want to tell their own stories and they'd love to, frankly, kind of show them off to other people. How can they tell their own stories? So our brain trust got together and came up with the idea that we now call Yearbook Plus. Here's how it works. Every single person in school will have the opportunity to upload up to 10 pictures of themselves telling their story. No writing here, pictures. And it could be anything. They're, they like to fish, so they have a picture of them fishing. They play a sport, so there's a picture of them playing a sport. Uh, they're with their boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Okay, their dog, anything. It kind of tells their story, what's important to them. Now, all these pictures do get moderated, which means they get checked out. All right, we don't want pictures of people flipping the bird or drinking a beer or smoking a cigarette or wearing no clothes. No, none of that crazy stuff. No, 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 no. They'll never make it through. So the idea is these are safe pictures that tell the story of Joey. And then eventually when the yearbook comes out next year, someone can take their phone and they would snap a QR code, which is specific for that school. Website opens up. Now I can use the camera. I can take the picture of Joey's, like his headshot, in my yearbook. Click. And if Joey uploaded any pictures, they pop up on my screen. And I can take a look at the story of Joey. One picture, three, five, seven, ten, whatever. Up to ten. Every single person in school will have the chance to do this. And so I'm going to be urging yearbook staffs, come on, like every week somehow, whatever. Urge people, hey, don't forget this. Tell your own story. Here's your chance if you feel that you're unrepresented or nobody cares about you or you're ignored, here's a chance to get over that. And all you got to do is upload some pictures. And then along with that, the yearbook staff will have a chance in various parts of the book to kind of connect images to a topic. Let's say it's football. All right. There will be a football picture on the football spread with a little marker, like a little icon in the corner. So somebody knows, okay, if I take a picture of that one, click. All these football pictures will come popping up on my screen. Pictures that we didn't have room for maybe in the book. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Hey, there am I. Hey, there's me. Hey, there's my buddy. All right. And it could be anything. Sport, club, event, class, anything. 
And again, this is good forever, if you will. All this information, all these pictures get archived, usually over the summer, and saved so that, you know, five years from now, I can pull out whatever smartphone I have then, scan my school's QR code, which would be in the book somewhere, and then I can go to various pictures, click, oh yeah, I remember all that. Yeah, I was on that team. Yeah, I was part of that club. Yeah. Yearbook Plus is an amazing new tool. If you'd like more information, contact your Jostens representative. If you're a Jostens school, you absolutely need to use this. If you're a non-Jostin school, I hope you have your attention like, wow, that sounds really cool. I think I'd like to find out more about that. Again, contact your Jostin's representative. They'll be happy to give you the information. We cannot wait to use this new tool. It is going to be a game changer. How can everybody tell their own story now that will be saved, if you will, forever? How can we do it? Yearbook Plus is one way that we're going to do it. Check it out. All right, welcome back. And as a wrap-up here to our special summer edition of the Yearbooking Report podcast, and who knows, we may do another one of these this summer in this unbelievable year, 2020. So stay tuned here to your favorite podcast channel to see if we do something else again. All right, we mentioned storytelling. That's got to be our main job this year. Not just events and groups, which we again discovered they can get canceled. And depending on how this upcoming school year goes, more things may get canceled or at least severely interrupted. So what are we going to do for our yearbooking? Well, yearbooking is nothing more than storytelling. And rather than wait for things to plop in our lap, we're going to have to go out and find those stories. Now, need a strategy? I have an idea for you. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, I'd be happy to email this to you. Recently, I was thinking about this idea of storytelling. And a lot of folks, when, I, when I've discussed this in the past with advisors and especially with students, when I talk about, hey, guys, we got to go out and find those stories of the school year, I usually get either blank stares or eye rolls like, oh. I have to do what? Oh, that sort of thing. And I even get that sort of thing from some advisors. Like, he wants me to do what? <laughs> Something. Maybe not quite that bad, but you get the idea. So we need to go find stories, but how can we do it easily? Folks, this is not as hard as some of you might think. It really isn't. It just takes that pivot to look in this direction. And so I've put together a one-page sheet, just one page, with the basic plan on how you can handle this, I'll call it a unique storytelling idea, with your yearbook this year. One page. I mean, the whole plan, the organization, it's all on just one sheet of paper. If you would like this sheet of paper, send me an email, all right? My address is my name, scott, S-C-O-T-T, dot, Geezy, which is G-E-E-S, as in Sam, E-Y, at jostens.com, J-O-S-T-E-N-S.com, scott.geezy at jostens.com. If you would like my one-page sheet of just storytelling ideas, the whole plan on what to do in this insane year, which is probably going to happen, I'll be happy to, to reply and send that to you. And then take a look at it, you know, use it with your staff, you know, email it out, whatever, to your staffers and such. 
and start to think about this basic idea. It's important to tell stories this year, not just wait for events and groups to happen, which may not happen, but the stories and the people will always happen. That will never change. I don't care what. That's what our yearbook needs to be. That's what our yearbooking needs to be. Book, social media, don't forget that element, all that stuff. And I think if you find, if you kind of do that pivot, and you get your kids really plugged in and involved, all of a sudden, I think this job becomes a lot more fun because people love stories. People love to tell stories. People love to hear stories. And once you sort of get into a pattern and a rhythm, I think a lot of your staffers are going to think, hey, this is pretty cool. I'm having fun. And again, a story, we're not talking about some long, drawn-out novel. God, no, no, no. All right. In a yearbook, you can tell somebody's story with a picture and a caption, hopefully a good caption, maybe like two lines at least. Maybe throw a quote in there if you can. And that doesn't have to be big. It can be just a small picture and a caption. That's it. You've told somebody's story. Now, if you want to go longer than that, fine. That's up to you. And on social media, same deal. Nobody wants some long drawn out thing on social media, right? No, nobody likes that. All right. Think short. Picture, caption. Picture, paragraph. You've told somebody's story. You don't have to get windy with it. And when you tell somebody's story, all of a sudden those folks are like, hey, cool, they told my story. I've been remembered. Now keep in mind, this is not just for the popular kids or the active kids. You know who I'm talking about. This is for everybody. Now, we just mentioned about a while back about our Yearbook Plus feature from Jostens. Again, shameless plug here. This new digital feature is going to be phenomenal. It's a chance for students to tell their own story. Every single person in school can tell their own story. So if you work with Jostens, absolutely contact your representative, get more details on that. If you're listening and you don't work with Jostens, you're thinking, hey, that sounds pretty cool. Same deal. Contact your Jostens representative and ask them. All right, they'll be happy to give you the information. This is just groundbreaking stuff. We can't wait to get started. Now, there's one more thing we're going to mention. And that, in fact, of course, we, we've said earlier, this is, promises to be the most historic school year ever. Not just two or three months. We're talking, it could be the whole year. How do you deal with that? Here in the summertime right now, how do you deal with that? Now, if you are listening to this podcast before July 13th, this is something if you haven't already, either you or administrators at your school or so on, this is something you need to check out. And it's what we call our Jostens Renaissance Virtual Conference. Now, Jostens Renaissance is not some new thing. It's been around for three decades now. And for three decades, we've had an annual summer national conference at some city someplace. And people would get together hundreds, many hundreds, like 1,500, I think was last year, People getting together, educators, administrators, interested students, all kinds of folks who want to make their school a better place. How can we make our school a better place, a more inclusive place, a more energetic place? As I like to say, how can we make our school a place people want to go to, not just a place people have to go to? And of course, there is a definite difference between those two, isn't it? Yes. There are too many schools, in my observation, there are too many schools out there, too many, it's the majority, where people feel like, oh, I have to go here. Boy, if I had another option, I wouldn't. 
if I didn't have to or be forced to go to school, I'd rather go do something else. Think about that. That's probably the majority of the students in your school, and I don't care where you're from. These are students who don't feel included, don't feel connected. They feel like ghosts. That's the term I use. You know, the simple analogy here is they kind of get off the bus at 8 o'clock in the morning. They kind of float through their classes. They get back on the bus at 3 o'clock. They go home, and that's it. If they had a choice, they'd be doing something else. These are folks who are disconnected from your school. How do we change that? And so Justin's Renaissance has been championing these ideas for three decades now. And yes, we had an awesome conference set up for Southern California in mid-July. And of course, forget that. That's not happening this year. No way. And so our folks have done the pivot. And they're doing the Justin's Renaissance virtual conference. It's going to be all online July 13 to 15. I hope you're listening to this before July 13. If you're not, you can just zoom to the end here, okay? But it's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be a global conference. There are going to be people, educators and such, from all over the world. We have some folks from Europe. I'm not sure if we have somebody from Asia. I have to check. But people from all over, because we're all being affected by this insane virus, all of them are going to be taking part. We're looking for a record crowd. There's going to be three days of amazing ideas and strategies and thoughts and debate about how do we get ourselves back to school this fall. That's the goal. And now, frankly, we have an added element, educational equity. We look at the protests going on now literally all over the world involving some of these recent events we've all seen in the news. And we're all pretty much all outraged. Like, what is going on here? we got to finally change and do something about this. Educational equity is going to be an element of this year's Justin's Renaissance Virtual Conference. This is going to be a groundbreaking conference. And the best part, I suppose, is you don't have to hop a plane. You don't have to get a hotel room. You don't have to spend a dime and it's for any school out there. Obviously, Jostin schools that work with Jostins, you definitely invited. But we're throwing this open to any school out there, wherever you are. Doesn't matter who you work with. Doesn't matter your size. None of that stuff. Here's a chance to really get some amazing ideas and maybe offer some of your own and be part of the solution. We want to change things. We want to be part of the change. And again, the basic question is, how on earth are we getting back to school this fall? And how can we make it a better place? So absolutely, if you're a teacher or an administrator, definitely sign up. Now, you can do it very easily. The website is simply www.jostens.com slash J-R-V-C, Jostens Renaissance Virtual Conference www.jostens.com slash J-R-V-C. All the information is there. It's easy to register. Now, please register if you're serious about this. If you're, you know, if you're going to screw around or something, don't bother. All right, go, go to the beach or something. But if you're serious about the future life of your school, both this fall, this school year, and beyond that, this is an event absolutely not to be missed. Please do me a favor, pass this information to other people in your educational circle. Students can attend this thing. If you're a part of a, like a leadership group, 
There are some schools that have their own renaissance clubs. Um, it could be student council or a similar type group. These are sort of the leaders or the kids who just want to do things to make a difference. They want to do some good. They can get involved. In fact, a lot of folks that come to a normal national conference are students, and they have a blast. Now, how our folks are going to do it this year, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm going to show up starting on July 13. This is something any school should attend, not to be missed, all online, do it from wherever you are. If you're at home, if somehow you're on vacation, all right, yay for you, wherever you might be. And by the way, it's not all day. It might be maybe three hours a day on those three days, um, roughly from late morning Eastern time to early afternoon. And then, of course, you know, whatever time zone you're in, plan accordingly. This is an event you've got to take part in. And in some ways, this could be somehow tied in with our yearbooking because, again, there are stories being told here. And there are stories that are going to be told here from what people do with the information that they get from the conference. Folks, I can't stress this enough. Sign up for this thing. It is phenomenal. www.jostens.com slash J-R-V-C, Justin's Renaissance Virtual Conference, and we will hope to see you there. In the meantime, we appreciate you listening. Hopefully you got some inspiration from this, maybe some ideas from this. I mentioned my email address earlier. If you'd like to get my storytelling sheet, I'd be happy to send it to you. Not a problem. Simple reply. We may do another one of these later in the summer as we get a bit closer to the school year because, again, this school year is going to be different from any we have ever had. I don't want to say forget the last three months of the school year. We don't want to forget, obviously. But as we look ahead, it's like, oh, my, what are we going to do here? We're going to do things we've never done before. And possibly, I hope I'm wrong, we may be doing it the entire school year. Uh, who knows? It's going to be a transformative year, no doubt about that. And your yearbook and your yearbooking needs to be a part of that. Folks, we appreciate you listening to the Yearbooking Report podcast.